I'm Adam Epstein, and I'm a dirty moderate. Dirty moderates, we grieve. We really grieve this week. It's two days after an 18-year-old gunman in Texas, as you know, Uvalde, Texas, killed 21 people, and 19 of them were children, 9, 10, 11 years old, murdered, murdered by an AR-15. When I started this podcast and when my producers and I first discussed the why of this podcast, we discussed having a place, and I think so far we're doing that, and I hope you agree, where when we have people on, we dialogue, right? We talk. We try to cut through the din and the noise and the, as Shakespeare said, the sound and the fury that signifies nothing. Why? Why, though? Why do we need to cut through that? Well, I was thinking these last few days, as I've been grieving and I couldn't even sleep the other night, of course, I'm not a parent who just lost my child. I actually can't fathom that. Who could? Couldn't fathom it 10 years ago when those babies were murdered in Newtown, Sandy Hook. But back to why I think we do this podcast or what we are trying to do. I don't want to sound grand or, or even so noble, but all of us right now in this country, everybody listening to this and everybody in this country, and I hope as many people listen to this, as we sit here awestruck, filled with horror, filled with pain, our hearts seared for parents, and of course, people who've lost the two teachers that were killed. One of the teachers we learned, her husband, died today, dropped dead of a heart attack after going to visit her memorial. She was killed. You know, when they found her body, she had a child in her arms a dead child in her arms. So the why. We're searchers. We're trying to find the answer. Well, let me say that again. We are searchers trying to find the answer. Human nature, we search by nature. We want to try to find find it out, right? Discover what it is, whatever the it, whatever the it might be. Get certainty. Get closure. Get, I don't know, affirmation. You know, that kind of feeling you get when you think you know something. But here at this podcast, which of course grew out of all the years of me really wandering in the wilderness, trying to kind of form answers of who I am and where I stand politically and why I am politically homeless, came from being a searcher. I've said this before. What if I'm wrong? What if you're wrong? What if everything we're talking about now in this country as it relates to the Second Amendment is wrong? What if it's not wrong? We know these tragedies are absolutely symptomatic of our national decay. We know that it's not sustainable. We know that no parent should ever have to feel this. No person, no spouse, no cousin, no mother, no father should bury their child, bury their husband, bury their cousin, their lover, whomever, because they were murdered by a gun. But the why of it, the why, what are we searching for? Searching for the answer. I don't know what that answer is. I don't think we'll ever know. But on this podcast, the conversations we try to engender, or hopefully do engender, and explore are because dialogue is so important. And dialogue has been in a death spiral. I'd say for a good 25 years, 
maybe, with the coarsening of our rhetoric, the decay at the center of us, then add in, of course, social media and the explosion of the internet. And there are forums now for people to stoke rage, foment hatred. Not all, obviously, forums do that, of course. But there are young men in this country, when you start thinking about all the murderers, young men, this guy who is deceased is eight, was 18. The guy in Buffalo is 18. You go through the list of shooters, back to Columbine, 1999, those guys were 17 or something like that, maybe 16. That's long ago. We thought we'd be, or we thought that would be an outlier. But actually, we still grieve. So what I'm trying to talk to you guys about today is not just we need to be better or change. Of course. I mean, already Twitter is filled with tired cliches and nasty division. It's all part and parcel of the same thing, guys. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we are heroes. I'm saying that I had to do this. I had to create a forum for myself and hopefully for anybody that listens. And we are so appreciative to all of you who do and have supported us as we've become a bigger and bigger voice in this space. But without talking to each other, without saying, hey, we disagree, let's talk it out, let's lower the temperature, let's try to listen to someone else's perspective. I know this you've heard a lot, but without that, right, you get this. And before you say, oh, it's about the guns, of course it's about the guns. But the guns become the weapon used, the instrument used to take those grievances, that hate, all of that pain, all of that frustration, all of that vengeance, and either put a bullet to your brain or put rounds of bullets, rounds of ammo, in this case, to 19 babies. El Paso, a Walmart. 32 people were murdered, uh, 23 were injured. It isn't always that, right? Pulse nightclub, homophobic attack, where I think 49 were killed by Omar Mateen. Now, you don't have a society that can function. You don't have a society that can function if you don't have a society that addresses fundamental decency, discussion, that encompasses the idea that we're in it. That doesn't mean you can't have Republicans and you can't have Democrats, but when every single thing, when every conversation, and I apologize for this, but I want to say it, feels like gunfire. Well, those metaphorical bullets are manifested as real at the hands of somebody's weapon in a country that fetishes weapons. Now, let's be clear. The first 10 amendments of the Constitution are known as the Bill of Rights. They were authored by James Madison. They weren't in the original draft of the Constitution, which also was not ratified by a big margin. It almost wasn't ratified. But the Second Amendment, right? You've heard it, well-regulated militia and the right to bear arms. It's there, though. Of course, militias meant state armies at the time. There was no real law enforcement, right? Right to bear arms was right to own a musket which I think it took three to five minutes between each shot. We're not talking about Remington and Colt and things that didn't come until the 19th century and stuff like that. But there is an enshrined right to own a gun. And, and courts have subsequently upheld that. But in this conversation about the poison in our discussions, you got to talk about the NRA, the National Rifle Association, which has been around for a long, long time. But by the 1970s, 
got their lawyers together, saw political opportunity in, a, in an ascendant conservative movement, a movement basically led by Reagan, but started by the right in the mid 70s. And that created an organization and it got an organization accelerated to take it out on everybody. I guess that's what you'd say. More than 40 years being the, the most potent, most successful lobbying arm uh, for the gun industry that this country has ever seen. And they have gaslit us. They have made the idea of owning a gun a fetish. Not just a right. President Biden said in his really sad, melancholy address, shock, the other night after the shooting, Second Amendment is an absolute. You ever read the comments section on a conservative webpage when somebody says that? If you read the comment page, oh, you don't just be afraid about school shootings. And I'm not trying to be dire. I'd be afraid about civil war when you read that. Because there are people who believe that. But that's been poisoned into our discussion. And where does that come from? Again, the NRA started this. Some of you may know this, but... The conservative court under Justice Warren E. Berger, who was appointed by Nixon. Berger famously thought that reading the Second Amendment, even less broadly than it is, is this sort of mandatory sort of call to arms, no pun intended, that people should go own guns, and it's written into the fabric of society. He said that was fraudulent. That was before the NRA did this. He said you can't read a broad right into that. To that point, Let's talk about abortion and guns. We know that there's a leaked draft. We're assuming this is going to be the opinion change, but there is a draft authored by Samuel Alito where we were told Roe v. Wade will be struck down at the end of June. And at the cornerstone of that argument was that there is no right up to an abortion at all in the Constitution. It doesn't say that. Then there certainly is an implicit right. There's no, I guess there's no right to privacy, right? That's how I read that. But since it's not written, According to the strict constructionists, the textualists, the people who, by the way, live and die and wrap themselves in the Second Amendment, they said there's no right to an abortion. But in that Second Amendment, right, that well-regulated part, that part that obviously state armies, militias, we have law enforcement now, individuals owning guns. We have at least 400 million guns that we know of. Of course, it could be many, 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 many unregistered, uncounted. But the well-regulated part of that amendment doesn't seem to matter, right? They don't need to read that. And then the right to bear arms is read that you have a constitutional right to an AR-15. Now, think about that as a society. I consider myself, as you know, moderate, centrist. But I consider myself those things because I feel like I'm a pragmatist. A friend of mine in college used to joke, you're a moderate. You're a pragmatist. You come to the center. It was like this refrain she used to say to me. Well, I am a pragmatist. I was then. And I don't care what political party you're in. But when you have, obviously, an agenda from a high court, we know that, okay? But when you have an organization making the ability and the right and the need to own a gun probably more sacred than anything, you've decided, a society has decided, based on this poisoned well, right? Based on the access to information, 
the forums for rage, radicalize young men online, some for racial reasons, other because they're lonely or they're bullied or they're miserable or they're on drugs or their family abuses them and all these horrible things. Now, of course, not all those people go out and buy guns and murder kids, but that's part of it. You know, the internet, which we love and social media, which we love, which is supposed to be the great equalizer, right? The thing that democratized us. And it has brought us together. We have to be honest about that. But people can take it out, obviously, online, and then that becomes, right, that rhetorical warfare, those metaphorical bullets, those words, because words matter. Guess what? That becomes bloodshed. So you take the NRA, you take the internet. You take a frontier mentality. I know some people think it's too philosophical to say, but I'm going to say a frontier mentality etched into the national DNA. That matters. You take a violent culture, a culture which feels aggrieved and angry because we don't communicate. And the internet has only made that worse. A highly charged, acrimonious, and rancorous partisanship, which is killing this country. It's killed its soul. And that's a symptom you could say and a cause. Can't you stop and understand that if the Second Amendment right is so absolute, if you owning a gun, and by the way, I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe in owning firearms. I see the logic of it for law-abiding gun owners, and most gun owners are, by the way. And not every gun control measure is going to work. But we do nothing in this country. We need red flag laws. Right? We need universal background checks. We need mental health tests. We need licenses and registrations. How difficult is this? Based on gunviolencearchive.org, as of May 25th, yesterday that is, in 2022, a child is killed every 15 hours by gun violence. Okay? Child in this country. Think about that. A child is killed every 15 hours by gun violence. According to the CDC, we just learned also the number one cause of death for ages 1 to 19 in America is gun violence. Now, some of that, of course, is suicide. But that's one suicide too many. And in the homicides, right, probably seen it go around how every AR-15 has been used in most of the shootings. Not all. You know, Glocks do it. Other semi-automatic weapons. That's why what you ban and how you ban it matters. But we don't even have hindrances. An 18-year-old kid in the state of Texas, can open carry. He also does not need a permit. So he can legally go buy a gun. And he did. Hard to believe. Hard to believe when you think about that. Can't buy a beer, as they say. I'm the first person to say that, but you can buy a gun. Huh. We're searching, folks. You see what I mean? We're searching for the words, for the meaning of this. Because when you sit back and you grieve and and you just hear the most heart-ripping stories you probably ever heard, you know, happening right in this country. And you see parents anguished, wailing on the floor for their children that are murdered. You have to say, what is the meaning? What is this? What is it that we're searching for? But you also have to know we have the rhetoric of machine guns spraying each other spraying each other. 
because we want to murder our opponent's ideas, don't we? We don't have our fellow citizens anymore. If you find out that so-and-so voted for somebody you don't like, usually it's Trump and whomever, guess what? They're now your enemy. People have to have a trigger warning. People have to say, oh my God, don't talk politics at Thanksgiving. You know, someone might stab you with a, with a turkey carver. I mean, think about this. I mean, it's language. It's meaning. I'm not trying to be uber philosophical. I'm not trying to pontificate from on high. I'm trying to say that we don't talk. We're at a divide. We yell, we scream, we rage, we fret, we froth, and we foment. We foment violence. And the result of that is the blood-stained Robb Elementary School in Texas, where a decade, almost a decade, this December will be 10 years since those babies were killed at Newtown. And I know everybody says that. We thought that would be it. It would have had safety measures. The most basic federal safety measures. But nope. The NRA, right? They trick you up. They start telling you about, oh, you'll lose your God-given right to own an AR-15. It's in the Second Amendment, right? Is Samuel Alito going to write that too? What hath the fury in this country wrought? What hath it wrought? Nobody has the answer. But what I want to ask you is, are we asking the right questions? What is our search? Where is that leading us? And where and when and how do we find a way for the bullets metaphorically that we spray at each other, the the ammo that we shoot at one another? When does that stop? we got to pass the laws. Don't get me wrong. But we also have to continue to search for meaning. And we have to find a way for that process to thrive. And I hope, I hope that every week when I have a guest or when I use this time, I can do that too. I'm nobody's savior. I'm just a guy doing this. Think about it. Think about the parents. Think about what they're going through. Because guns is one of many things. It's the main issue, right? Other First world countries and democracies don't face this, that's for sure. But there is a sickness of the soul of America, that's true. You're seeing it in a way, it's been manifested so horribly for so long. But what hath the fury wrought? All right, folks, make sure you go to vote.org. Never has that been more important. Vote these motherfuckers out. That's the first thing. That's action you can take. You can rally. You can march. But I don't care what party you're in, the NRA has such a stranglehold, but boy, this country should have basic gun safety measures. Never stop searching for that. I just want to say I send prayers and condolences to the families of those whose kids were slaughtered and who lost loved ones. All right, folks, that's all. Stay dirty, stay moderate, and most important, stay safe.